Welcome, I'm Sirius Afshar, and this is the Wigo's Informal Economy Podcast, Social Protection. In this podcast, we will discuss some of the most pressing issues related to the linkages between the informal economy and social protection, including debates around workers' health provision, pension schemes for older workers, as well as childcare systems and other social protection policies for informal workers in order to improve their livelihoods. And in this episode, the Informal Economy podcast Social Protection joins the 16 days of activism against gender-based violence against women. In this special episode, we will bring a series of two parts to talk about how gender-based violence impacts informal women workers and what they have been doing to face this important challenge, especially in a year marked by the COVID-19 global pandemic. Last week, we brought you the first part of the series where we talked to Sonia George. Sonia is the General Secretary of SEWA in the Indian state of Kerala. SEWA stands for Self-Employed Women's Association, an informal workers' union in India. Now, in the second and last part of the series, we talked to Oksana Abud. Oksana is the International Coordinator of StreetNet International, a global alliance of street vendors that supports national associations and unions of street vendors, market vendors, and hawkers. And now, let's hear the part two of our special mini-series about gender-based violence with Oksana Bud from StreetNet International. Oksana, welcome to our podcast. Hello, Cyrus. Thank you for invitation. Let's jump right into it. Uh, in in what ways do street vendors suffer gender-based violence? Can you tell us uh, how it happens in practice? Uh, first of all, I uh, think we need to define some clarity or to make and understand definition of gender-based violence. Because gender-based violence is a violence directed against a person because of their gender. So both women and men experience gender-based violence, but the majority of victims, of course, are women and girls. So gender-based violence and violence against women are probably those terms that are often used uh, interchangeably, as it has been widely acknowledged that most gender-based violence is done towards women and girls by men. However, uh, using uh, the gender-based aspect is important uh, as it highlights the fact that many forms of violence against women are rooted in uh, power inequalities between women and men. So we can highlight here mainly like economic or uh, physical power, which continues to be one of the most uh, notable uh, human rights violations within our societies. But violence against women, yes, it is a severe violation of uh, women's human rights. And uh, it doesn't matter when it happens, where or how it takes place. So there are many forms of violence against women which uh, have many uh, potential also negative health consequences for women and as well as their children. 
and uh, violence against women, uh, it can often result in injuries and uh, even serious physical or health problems, including deaths. So it is really unacceptable uh, just to observe and keep quiet on this additional global pandemic, which we can call as violence against women, especially during the current COVID-19 crisis, which only uh, added huge challenges uh, for women. Uh, StreetNet International consists of um, organizations uh, of um, street market vendors, hawkers, and cross-border traders, majority of whom are women. And definitely, uh, we have very women-solid uh, constitution and uh, principles and values. So we really make sure that such uh, guiding points like women empowerment and women leadership is on place for any of our affiliated organizations. But um, returning back to the issue of violence uh, against women, Definitely, in general, street market vendors and hawkers, they have been always direct victims of almost daily harassment and violence uh, of all forms uh, of violence, actually. So, for example, police intimidation, harassment or uh, imprisonment, it still continues. And uh, the women traders are those who suffer the most. Uh, it's very common they are not able to escape uh, as fast as men, let's say, but in general, uh, I think they also have quite another concept of understanding why they should be punished for their honest way of uh, activity of their work. Uh, they are self-employed women who sustain themselves. They really don't expect any alternative uh, or uh, income from the state. Instead, why they should suffer and to be persecuted by mainly state um, law enforcement bodies or local authorities. This is a direct actions of violence and harassment made uh, from the side of the state. And it is very important to record such actions in order to speak up and to, to fight uh, and protect those who are the most vulnerable and needs uh, our support. Now, going to the global arena, in the international level, there has been some important breakthroughs. So the ILO Convention 190 and the recommendation 206 uh, related to the topic of violence. Uh, what was the importance of the this ILO Convention um, 190 and the recommendation to six for street vendors and their organizations on the ground. Yeah, ILO Convention 190, supplemented by the recommendation 206 on elimination of violence and harassment uh, in the field of world of work, it's really very important in international instrument which really covers persons working irrespective of their contractual status. And the scope of the convention applies to all sectors, whether it is private or public, both in the formal and informal economy, and whether it is in urban or rural areas. So it is definitely very important international instrument 
to be used for our advocacy work, especially at the national level, where our affiliated organizations, jointly with others like-minded organizations, they can use this good instrument in the advocacy and lobby work. And the whole uh, clause, for example, uh, of uh, Recommendation 206, which is supplementing the Convention 190, is dedicated to the informal economy, mainly referring to the uh, facilitation role in the transition from the informal to formal economy. So uh, saying uh, that the, the states, the governments, should provide resources and assistance for informal economy workers and the associations to prevent and address violence and harassment in the informal economy. So we really consider it's a good victory for all the workers engaged in informal economy because this is one of those a rare instrument which can really play a significant role in their own countries to protect them from any perpetrator towards the, the violence and harassment. So, and, and how StreetNet International and street vendors organizations can use uh, these conventions and recommendations approval as an advocacy tool, as you mentioned, to pressure governments to address to the issue of gender-based violence and violence against women. Yes, it is very important to again consolidate our strategies, our efforts and actions with all like-minded organizations, primarily with trade union uh, centers and namely uh, with women departments or women wings of um, uh, national trade union centers or any women uh, feminist organizations with uh, civil society organizations which promote uh, women's interests and rights. This is an issue, uh, as I already said, a global pandemic on violence against women, which is only growing and which uh, covers not only informal economy, but also other sectors uh, and uh, all, particularly all uh, levels of uh, society. So it will be really good to advocate jointly because when we are more, we are stronger, we have a stronger voice so we can advocate and lobby for, for the rights. Now that you mentioned the current situation that is the pandemic crisis, I wanted to ask you what kind of challenges does the pandemic has brought to street vendors regarding specifically gender-based violence and violence against women. Could you identify the, the main, main impacts on them? Yes, it is a very important question because very often women are breadwinners. But since the pandemic came uh, in March 2020, most of the governments, they started to use the same or similar protective measures and one of them was to stay at home, to be self-isolated. So there is no right to work. No one was allowed to go out or to sell. But for our members, public space is a working space. So how they could really 
get some basic income to survive, it was a very big challenge because they had to make this choice to stay at home, to see how the family members are starving or just really to go and put themselves under risk, but to to get some basic income. Uh, of course, a very difficult situation, especially in developing countries, because the governments didn't provide any uh, alternative or compensation for income loss. But usually uh, our members, they are those who are working poor, who don't have a lot of savings, uh, so they really started to suffer. Some affiliated organizations of street and market vendors, they uh, started to have good negotiations with um, municipal uh, authorities, with national governments, how they can really survive and have some right to work, even though it could be limited uh, in terms of time, but to have at least some basic income to survive. So in, in uh, several countries it happened, but in several countries we had uh, some good advocacy for universal cash grants, even though it was not uh, that uh, sufficient amount, but just for temporarily sur surviving, it was still good for uh, those working poor or one of the most vulnerable category of the workers. Uh, definitely the issue of domestic violence is really increasing. We also started to get more and more reports from our members about many cases of domestic violence. So home is not a safe place for women anymore, especially when a global pandemic appeared. Because many uh, couples, a lot of fear, a lot of panic, a lot of psychological pressure, and economic devastating situation, it also gives additional tension in family. So, and usually women are those who are the most uh, subject to violence, which is done by men. It's also at the same time, the pandemic measures such as lockdowns measures or any other restrictions cause a higher level of fear among people. So those who were previously under domestic violence couldn't really leave their homes anymore and to seek some uh, safer place. They simply didn't have any other choice rather than to stay in their unsafe home and tolerate violence. And of course, a prevailing majority of violence victims are women and young girls. So it is extremely important to highlight and speak up about such cases, about increasing level of any form of violence in order to be heard, but at the same time to prevent this pandemic. Perfect. Um, so you mentioned some policy responses related to income losses that not um, every country or every city was able to deliver. But what kind of policy responses could have been undertaken or could be still undertaken by governments to address gender-based violence cases, in particular, that affects uh, street vendors and informal workers? Yes, uh, exactly. When pandemic uh, COVID-19 came, uh, all those gaps and failures of 
governing of our government, they actually appeared and they became so visible. And this is where we can take this gap as opportunity to highlight what could be really done in order to cover all the workers and all the people in the country just to protect them against such pandemic like COVID-19, which actually doesn't relate only to health-related complications, but also to economic uh, loss. So it is extremely important to advocate for um, universal health care system or universal social protection, where all people are covered and uh, to make sure no one is left behind. It is extremely important for any country to establish also some pro-women or women-friendly policies for women to be involved in all the policy development or decision-making processes, especially with regard to any women-oriented or women-related policies. So women should speak up and protect their rights and interests by themselves and for themselves. That's why ratification of the ILO Convention 190 is also a good start for, for those especially countries uh, which didn't have a gender equality uh, approach or policies on place as um, while we ratify or our governments ratify any international uh, legally binding instrument, it obliges this country to set up a list of new policies or regulations or bylaws uh, to be adopted by the national authority in order to be in compliance with the new ratified international law or instrument. So definitely there is uh, also a big need in raising awareness campaigns among all people. Um, advocacy work should be strengthened and effective dialogue should be established, built and maintained with all stakeholders who participate in policy development and decision-making at national level. Mm. And what about uh, the workers' organizations? What kind of actions they could do? And in particular, what uh, StreetNet International has been doing to tackle this issue and to put pressure on authorities to do um, these measures that you just mentioned? Yes, as an umbrella organization at international level, Definitely, we cannot directly, let's say, influence or directly engage with um, national authority, but through our affiliated organizations. So we build the capacity on uh, international instruments, on general, on workers' rights, uh, any regulations they can take into account in their advocacy work, but also to consolidate the efforts with all others stakeholders at national level and to to build this national um, level campaign on ratification of the ILO convention 190 as well as on any other topic either it is on social protection or it is about uh, urban policy or it is about future of work for us as treatment international it is important to maintain or build new relationships with any other international organizations like ILO, with different departments, uh, with other um, 
financial institutions just to have our presence there to find our influential role and to try to to speak up and to raise the issue of uh, women or violence or just informal uh, economy workers how the formalization can be done what could be done but just to to have inclusive approach so we are trying also to bring up and make visible a lot of cases of life of street vendor or any cases of violence of course uh, trying to issue different statements to have some kind of indirect influence to speak up to the world to highlight the incidents and cases just to bring attention and uh, definitely it will play its role and this is what we are trying to do right uh, now one last question from the 25th of november to the 10th of december the 16 days of activism against gender based violence campaign activities will take place all over the world how is streetnet international planning to get involved in this campaign yes we consider it's a very good initiative um led by the center for women's global leadership to run uh, this global 16 days campaign and uh, we are very proud to join the campaign uh, because this is a campaign when we really show the world uh, the world our partnership on what can we do like each of us just to eliminate the violence and harassment faced by women and girls this campaign definitely will play its role and we be- believe in this we are going to uh, participate in a social media campaign also from our side we are going to arrange some global webinar to again raise the issue of violence against Uh, women to bring other stakeholders to listen to the cases to uh, highlight the stories of our affiliated organizations particularly women uh, and trying to to build uh, and extend our network and our partnership at international level i really think it's a great opportunity for all of us to unite around this important and very relevant uh, challenge but only together we can really make a difference and only together we can be strong voice representing working women to stand aside this problem of violence and to be passive it means to tolerate this global pandemic of violence but instead we should work to prevent it and stop it fantastic well uh, good luck i hope you have a good um, campaign ahead and oksana abud thank you very much okay thank you cyrus my pleasure And if you want to learn more about the 16 days of activism against gender-based violence against women and informal workers, we will leave some links at the description of the episode. Oh, and listen to the first part of the mini-series featuring Sonia George from the Self-Employed Women's Association, SEWA, in India. 
don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you're getting your podcast. And please follow Wigo on Twitter and Facebook to get the latest updates on our research publication and advocacy campaigns to support informed workers in their struggle to improve their livelihoods. I am Sirius Afshar, and this was the Wigo's Informal Economy Podcast, Social Protection. See you next time.